let's say that you've decided that you want a home birth, but you're feeling some uncertainty. Maybe you've heard stories from other moms who wanted the very same, but then their births took another direction and they didn't end up with the intimate birth at home that they'd envisioned. How do we come to terms with this possibility yet not expect a negative outcome? Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 164 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we are going to be discussing just that, how to release our fears of transporting. So several weeks ago, one of our community members, Danielle, shared her story of planning a home birth, but having to make the difficult decision to transport to the hospital during labor and eventually making the even more difficult decision to have a cesarean section. After such a moving, emotional, and deeply connecting episode, one that truly seemed to touch something in the mothers who experienced similar stories and the ones who have not alike, I wanted to continue exploring this idea of the hospital transport. I want to take a look at another side of transporting, in a way, another angle to view it from. How can we hear a story like Danielle's or any other mom who planned for home birth and ended up needing or wanting to transport? How can we listen to that but not fear our birth or fear the possibility of transport? I love that we're able to look at birth through so many contexts and lenses, that we can take personal experiences, mindset exercises, and pure old statistics and blend them into a comprehensive, comforting inspection of home birth and the likelihood of transporting. So with that in mind, today I want to go through some practical tips, thoughts, and reminders regarding home birth and hospital transport and the relationship between the two. As always, this is not medical advice. This show is an educational tool, so continue to make empowered decisions for yourself and your family. And before we get started, I do want to thank this week's reviewer of the week, and that is KChilds100, who wrote Positive and Empowering. I am so glad I found the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I've loved every episode that I've listened to. I'm looking forward to using some of the advice and encouragement in my second home birth that will take place anytime now. Thanks. KChilds100, thank you so much for taking the time to leave this review. If you would send me an email at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth Podcast sticker. I also wanted to let you guys know that Happy Home Birth Podcast is now officially on YouTube, so you can go to YouTube and view this podcast as a video. I promise you the quality of the videos will improve over time. I've <laughs> just got to get used to this, um, but I'm really excited to be able to offer this as another option for those of you who are more visual. All right, so let's start going through all of our practical tips and reminders regarding home birth and hospital transport. If you haven't listened to episode 161, how to process a home birth cesarean and a negligent provider, I recommend pausing now and giving it a listen 
provided that you're in a space where you can handle the details of a birth plan having to be totally reworked. I'll be using some examples from the episode, but you should be able to follow along easily enough whether you've listened or not. As I mentioned, that episode really struck a chord with many mothers who could relate to the experience of desiring a specific outcome, namely a beautiful, safe birth in the comfort of their own home, but then having those plans changed for one reason or another. I am so glad that the conversation Danielle and I had was able to bring up such a sense of belonging back to so many. I will say it again. If you plan to give birth at home, but those plans changed, you still belong here and you are so, so loved. You are 100% a part of this community. So now let's take a fresh, honest perspective about transporting to the hospital. Ways that we can mitigate the possibility of it happening, some of the research regarding it and how we can lean in and trust the process, whether we end up giving birth at home or decide or need to have additional support. Lean in and trust the process. That feels like a huge leap of faith, Caitlin. How can we confidently trust that we're making the right decisions? Well, my friend, I am glad you asked. One way to connect with our God-given intuition is to spend time in intentional thought. I think it's safe to say that if you're here listening to this podcast episode right now, you're in the minority group that understands the value of readying yourself for your birthing experience. You know that your birth isn't a mere moment in time. It's an event that will live on in some way as long as you do. For those of us who know the significance that our birth story will hold, it can feel like a pretty weighty undertaking, like we must work to ensure our success. And in some ways, when we think about our birth, it should feel weighty. It's a huge transformation, arguably the biggest one that we make as a woman. And it's a rite of passage. To water down this experience to anything less than what it is would be a massive disservice and my desire for you is to flourish through your experience. Part of flourishing is acknowledging what this event is and what it signifies. Sitting with the grounding heaviness of what it is to grow life and then bring it forth into the world. But I'm all about balance. The weightiness of this experience is naturally balanced by the lightness and joy that it also brings along. The joy of learning about your feminine physiology, the awe-inspiring beauty of educating yourself on your body and your baby and their intricate dance throughout pregnancy and labor. There should be playfulness in these months leading up to labor, curiosity and wonder. What will this event bring to me? What lessons will I learn from my pregnancy, my labor and postpartum? How will I grow as a mother, a wife, a human in this new context? How will I allow my experience to mold me? Does any of that feel weighty or does it feel feather light? To me, these thoughts bring peace, calm, a sense of childlike thrill. What a blessing. 
And did you notice all of that applies whether or not you end up giving birth in your bathtub or in L&D? We're so busy, aren't we? Pregnancy is such a perfect time to slow down, cut the noise, and connect with your experience. Practice enjoying the moment that you're in and soaking up the gift that that moment is. Being busy is such a great way to fly through days at a time without even taking notice of what's really going on around you. It's like that drive you take every day, so routine that you don't even notice your surroundings. Let's use our pregnancy as a time to actively practice getting out of that mindset. Because when we exit the blurred vision, we can enjoy and appreciate all these different moments and what they have to offer us. That's so applicable to labor. What if you could appreciate whatever events come to you? What if you could appreciate back labor, prodromal labor? What if you could even appreciate a hospital transport? Wow, what a thought. Okay, so now that we've touched on being mindful, because that's really what that is, allowing ourselves to be an active participant in the moment we're in, let's get into some tips facts and figures regarding home birth transport. So I want you to remember that your odds of giving birth at home when that's what you've planned are pretty, pretty good. 89.1% of planned home births end with the mother successfully giving birth at home. Those are wonderful odds. If you've given birth before, your odds of transport are actually even less. So for us to enter our birth expecting a transport, that's not statistically a supported expectation. And then when we look at the reasons for transporting, I find even more hope. Of the 11% of mothers who did end up transporting, the breakdown of reasons for transport are as follows. 40.7 transported for failure to progress. That's in air quotes if you can't see me. 15.2% desired pain relief. 10% went in after meconium stained waters, 6.4% because the baby had some sort of malpresentation, and 5.3% transported for maternal exhaustion. Midwives were able to select more than one reason for transport, by the way. So what can we glean from this data? Well, our biggest obstacles when it comes to staying home include, quote, progressing and learning techniques to cope with pain management. If we knock out those two, then we dramatically reduce the chances of having a hospital transport. Obviously, we can't reduce every single amount of possibility for transport, but there are some things that we can work on beforehand that could really reduce that possibility. So let's start with progressing. When you interview your midwife, or if you've already selected your midwife, and when you talk to her next, I highly recommend that you talk to her about what it looks like to progress to her. What types of timelines will she be holding you to, and what exactly will she be looking for? Regulations different from state to state or license to license, and how midwives interpret and implement those regulations can vary quite a bit from practice to practice. I'd want to know how the two of you can work together beforehand to be on the same page and make sure that you don't unnecessarily fall into the trap of 
failure to progress. Because remember, there's quite a variation when it comes to normal. And let's talk about what you can do to minimize the likelihood of receiving this label. You ready? Here it is. Do not induce labor yourself. Let your body and your baby initiate. Natural methods of induction are still methods of induction. And if your body and baby aren't ready yet, they very well may protest your decision to start labor up. And is there really actually anything natural about mixing castor oil and almond butter and champagne anyway? Or having someone run their finger around the rim of your cervix to sweet membranes? Listen, I am all about informed consent. And if you choose to engage in those practices, go for it by all means. But know that just like with any and all interventions, that there are risks. Choosing to let your body and baby enter labor on their own time helps you prevent failing to progress. And it also helps with another reason for transport, maternal exhaustion. When we push labor to come on our time, we may not get the same labor we would have had if we would have just waited. We may get a much longer, more start and stoppy experience. Am I speaking from my own experience? Ooh, well, yes, yes I am. It's important to keep in mind from the very beginning of early labor, if you recognize it as such, that you have absolutely no idea how long this particular birth experience will be. Could it be over in less than an hour? Sure. But could it also be four days? It could. So let's stay hydrated. Let's stay well-nourished. Let's be cool and learn techniques to help us chill out in early labor. Happy Home Birth Academy has those, by the way. And another way to avoid being labeled with failure to progress? Well, consider declining those vaginal exams. That failure to progress label may be used when your cervix hasn't changed after a number of hours, but guess what that vaginal exam can't predict? What's going to happen to your cervix the second those fingers are gone? Who on earth is to say you won't go from six centimeters to complete in the next 30 seconds or 30 minutes? I've seen it happen. Now let's discuss the next large piece of the pie that we can do lots to mitigate pain relief. When it comes to pain relief, there are really two different categories, in my opinion, and both have their place, external and internal pain management. So let's talk about external pain management. When learning external techniques, think positioning, having someone apply counter pressure, using tools like water, whether from the shower or a tub or a birth pool, a TENS unit, a rebozo. I feel like this is typically where the mind goes when women discuss pain relief and for good reason. These techniques can be extremely helpful. However, in my opinion, they pale in importance when we compare them with internal pain management. When I say internal pain management, I'm primarily discussing the mindset and relaxation techniques you learn and practice throughout pregnancy and then apply without even having to think about it while in labor because they're so second nature to you. These are the real keys to pain relief and they work in tandem with your body. Why? The more relaxed you are, the more able that you are to relax, 
the more your body is able to produce that heady mix of labor hormones that will help you progress in comfort. Beta endorphins, baby. Let your body make what it needs by letting your mind and muscles relax. This is the crux of Happy Home Birth Academy. And it's what I want for every single mother so that she has the highest chance possible at starting and ending labor at home. If you're ready to take pain relief seriously and prepare for this massive transitional experience, go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA to join me right this second. And finally, when we discuss the potential for transport, I want you to remember that who you choose as your care provider can play a massive role in whether or not you feel like you need to transport or whether or not she will highly recommend you transport or whether or not she will leave you high and dry at your home alone, like Danielle's story. So <laughs> make sure that you are really paying attention to any type of red flags as you go throughout your care provider relationship and make sure you select someone who you trust or worst case scenario, at least have a high quality doula if you can't find anyone that perfectly fits the bill. Thank goodness for Danielle having a doula in place that she really loved and really trusted her who didn't leave her side. Okay, so as we wrap up this episode, let's remember that it is all a balance. Like I say so often, while we cannot control the events, we can control how we prepare. We can put the odds of giving birth at home well into our favor, specifically by taking a childbirth education program that will walk you through all of the big home birth choices. And even more importantly, so much more importantly, we can control the narrative so that even if we decide that we need to transport during our birth, we can do it with complete confidence and while maintaining our empowered feeling of giving birth and stepping into motherhood. We control the narrative. We can call fake news on the thoughts that make us feel less than. Okay, I'm giving you a virtual high five right now. And that's all I've got for you for today. Feel free to reach out with any questions at hello at myhappyhomebirth.com and I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.